2: Hi, and welcome back to How I Got Greenlit. I'm Alex Collegian, and I'm joined by an esteemed panel of guests uh, to do one of our roundtables. Uh, Welcome guests in no particular order. Uh, We have Craig Perry, esteemed producer and filmmaker. Uh, We have Evan Ostrowski, another esteemed producer and filmmaker. And we have Rose Mead Hart, uh, entertainment attorney. And I also consider a filmmaker because... Attorneys are just as important as DPs for making movies. So uh, welcome all. And uh, we've had you all on before. Um, I can just do a uh, – tell me different, but the way that I was trying to categorize the you, you all was to say that – you know, Craig, while having done all size of films, might be considered more of a studio producer in a macro. Uh, Evan, also having done all size of films, might be considered more of an indie film uh, producer. And Rose has done it all, from music to film to TV to web and whatever. Um, as like in The Devil's Advocate, the law gets us everything, my boy. So um, – We're here to talk about the business, and if you want to talk about the strike, we can, but we don't necessarily have to because that's been every conversation I've had in the last four months. How about you all?
3: It's been an an, an endless lava of of wondering what if complaints, (laughs) rumors, and um, sedentary behavior on someone's front porch,
0: wondering when they're ever going to get off their butt and work again. Is it over yet? Is it over yet, really?
2: I. I just said to somebody on a call right before this, congratulations. I said, not yet. Not Not yet. They could come out on the balcony and go. "Mm -hmm." (laughs) So not yet. But apparently, I don't know the proper way to say it, but there is a tentative deal on the table uh, that the WGA and various all parties are examining the fine print to decide if it's ready to be put forth for ratification by the WGA membership. So that's a hopeful step, but not we're not there yet. Rose, from a legal perspective, are we there yet?
1: Look, it's not done till it's done, right? And I think when yeah. you say they're they're scrambling to put something together, ratify, I think somebody is furiously drafting, right? And that's the devil's always in the details. So we, we had hoped we would t- be able to talk about AI and the Writers Guild, but since they haven't given us any language, we don't know what they have agreed or haven't agreed to about that. So I'll believe it when I see it. Like, let's see it.
2: Yeah, I mean, apparently, again, going back to what Craig said, the rumors were that this weekend they were doing some, you know, marathon Twelve Angry Men session, and that AI was the sticking point uh, for 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 the uh, for the Writers Guild. Um, we all have, uh, I mean, I don't mean to go off, and this, it was funny. There was, you know, a laundry list of demands, and that was at the bottom. But the more that we saw the world change, I mean, it was funny. Chat GPT came out in the ensuing time of the strike. And now we're all like, wait a second, is that at the bottom is AI. Maybe that is something to slow down and consider. Craig, you, you've, uh, you know, some very smart people in that world. What have you heard?
3: Well, it's interesting. There was a, a friend of mine who's been doing a lot of it, I think what's going to happen is, uh, I read some articles, that there'll be 800, 000, 800 million jobs lost worldwide in five years, but the jobs that are going to be lost are the people doing mid-tier to low-tier like voiceover for like ads online. All of that stuff can be done with AI and very cheaply and very easily. In fact, a friend of mine literally came back from New York last week where he shot a commercial, which all of it, including the actors, all AI, it was all just generated avatars. And it was incredibly cheap. And the script was written, by AI because they knew the model that it needed to sort of draft behind in terms of the sort of template. Great. So I feel like it's less that there's going to be, you know, George Clooney will be sitting there wondering what happened to his life because an AI avatar of him has sort of gone <laughs> off on its own. He may have approvals. He may have the opportunity. He didn't
1: even notice the strike. Are you kidding oh, me? It,
2: yeah, exactly. I, absolutely. The late Cuomo. The
3: only thing he struck was a match to, to heat up the Barbie. Um, but, <laughs> but- uh, I think the people who are again the mid tier and low tier. I think voiceover artists as a career is gone in five years.
0: I, I, I don't think voiceover career uh, voiceovers and careers should ever have been in the same sentence. As I, I, I do a lot of commercials right, and I do a lot of like kind of mid to high end commercials, and AI has never been a part of it. Um, at least in the last like you know eight or ten years that I've been doing it at a pretty you know pretty good clip. Um, the mid to low tier, I would I would argue, Craig, that is is a very slim percentage of commercials that you, that, that are fed to you either on your on your social media platforms um, or potentially OTT, if at all. Uh, the traditional commercial industry um, is, is 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 in a strange way been flourishing. The last two commercials I did um uh, had massive uh, cinematographers and costume directors that had done almost exclusively feature films like huge studio feature films who were all of a sudden available because they all needed to do this they want a sudden to do on a Thursday so anyways and to come back to your point about AI I I, I will also say that I think um, I think a lot of people don't know what AI will become as it as it evolves and it's difficult to litigate and legislate against the unknown. So I think it's about putting you know, boundaries in place that are malleable in the future. Where there's a three-year uh, contract on the table. Great. Uh, does it have enough guardrails like Rose said? I don't know. And if it has too many, are we going to know? I don't know. But it, hopefully it's got some. And in three years, we'll see if we're working for Skynet. And if we're not all working for Skynet, then we'll put different, you know, roadblocks in place. Rose, I'm sorry. Forgive me these the weird, like uh, up, obscure uh, Terminator uh, uh, references. No, that's fine. Um, Craig, you smiled, so I, thought I was you'd with get you. It, but, I'm right? down. Rose, I don't want to assume you didn't get it, but like, <laughs> nobody gets these jokes anymore. But, anyways, those are my thoughts uh, uh, on where we're at with AI. Um,
2: and yeah. Rose, you actually work with some people that do AI. So you you might have a unique perspective on that.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm pretty heavily invested in AI um, from a creative point of view and from a legal point of view. And I just love the space. Like I love anything new, any innovation. You know, for the motion picture business to complain about is it, pretty ironic, right? Like so we have... Final Draft. We have Final Cut. We have all of these tools that we use now that would have been a shock to other people, right? But specifically in the AI space, it's been happening in gaming for ages, right? You have non-playable characters or non-playing characters. And, and I work with a company in uh, in the UK in Scotland specifically, Kythera, and they have some amazing AI background characters. So they're essentially the extras in a, in a video game, the non, the NPCs. Um, and they can give them motivation, and they can give them parameters, and they can they can be a little bit more interactive and autonomous. So it's fascinating, and we're seeing so much of the gaming industry bleed over into the motion picture industry, right? And we, as we have for decades, right, with computer graphics. So I think I think it's an exciting time. I think AI, as as Evan said, is super misunderstood by the general public, and. Artificial intelligence doesn't really mean anything. It doesn't have a definition, right? People are mostly talking about large language models. And that's just like in the old days, garbage in, garbage out. Like the computer can only learn from what you give it. And and that's been an interesting issue that's been coming up as well. But I think this is an exciting time to be alive. And, and to Craig's point, I think you know, lower level jobs will disappear. Just like being a grocery clerk, store clerk is not a thing, really, you know? And do you think that person is heartbroken that they had to find some other kind of work? I hope not. I hope they did something more interesting.
2: I'm heartbroken because I have to do it myself
0: <laughs> and I don't get a discount for it.
1: And that shit's not easy. Beep, 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 mm-hmm. right?
0: money. you get your steps in. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, 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 would all, I would also say that like I was told by somebody who's very smart in the, in the AI world to stop calling it AI and to call it machine learning. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's uh, right. I, and I was like, okay, didn't mean to offend you machines, um, uh, which, which <laughs> it, it says a lot about like, about the, about the who knows, who knows um, of it all.
1: Well, we don't know, right? Like it's a cool tool. We don't know.
3: Yeah. That's, that's, that's the point. We don't know, but it also seems like, uh, from what I understand, ChatGPT, like if you say, I want to start a war, it will automatically default to a moralistic place of war is bad. We really shouldn't be fighting. So there's already weirdly moral codes that ChatGPT will not support or touch. So somebody's making the but decision. That's
2: their, th- that's their parameters they gave. Exactly. Right? So
3: the, the human element will always, at some place, be there to, as Rose was saying, prep the guardrails that they deem necessary to go forward. And I think that's really what I'm hoping for from both this particular strike, the language that comes from it, is that the guardrails are defined, to your point, Evan. There's a, the definition and malleable for sure because we can't yes. in, it, we can't hinder progress. But we also can't, I think, wasn't it, was it the guy who runs Google like a year ago testified before Congress and he's like, guys, it's capitalism. We can't stop it. You guys have to put the bridle on the horse. We will not put the bridle on the horse. We just need somebody to do it.
2: Well, what's funny about that is I, I'm always drawn to this article. Uh, it's in the Guardian. U.S. Air Force denies running simulation in which AI drone kills its own operator. And the idea was that so they train the AI to fight for them. And then the human operator says, oh, you know, but don't bomb such and so. And so rather than don't do that, it bombed the tower that sent the signal to not bomb. Now, that's a machine thinking. Hey, I want to bomb. Well, how do I continue to bomb? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just, and that's what you said, Craig. Is
1: I also think that was an episode of a Netflix show. The Black Mirror, probably. Oh, yeah, one of yeah. the
0: Black Mirrors. It feels very Black Mirror.
1: No, the one about the FBI agents, class of something, class of 23. Mm,
2: I don't know. Oh, the new one. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah,
0: yeah, you're right, you're right. And
1: the drones, the drones try to kill them. Um, because they're trying to shut down the system.
0: I mean, I mean, like like, 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 I would say this: anything military, let's let the government deal with that. We're we're only smart enough to talk about movies and TV, mm-hmm. and we're not even that Very. smart. That's why we went into movies mm-hmm. and TV. Would That's you agree? Right. Yeah. If That's we were right. smart enough to drop, to worry, to manipulate bombs and global governments, we would do that. We'd be making a lot more money than we are now. Yeah, I'm not writing for the Guardian, and now there's Alex. So well, well, no, but no, Craig, no insults, you know, you Craig
2: know. did make Cats and Dogs, but I think it is the final word on the on war. Right?
3: Uh, uh, well, <laughs> it, it, at least in terms of interspecies battle, yes.
2: That's right. Which is what we're talking about. <laughs> Anyway, I do not want to make this an AI conversation. So enough, unless we have more to say. No, no,
3: no. no, no, I, I I do want to ask one more. I do want to ask one thing before we go, which is because it's generative, because it's iterative, because it is, as you said, garbage in, garbage out. Uh, there's a long-standing argument that all artists basically are informed and fueled by those who worked before them. So the question then becomes: At what point is something that is just a synthesis of all of these arts? What makes it, and what turns it into an original authorship piece of work? And right. then was and that's
2: the other thing. The, I, there, there's a, are you talking about the class action well, suit? Well, there's now that, but, but there's also growing?
3: like there's I, I, think I remember the article. There's some guy who was a doctor who had built an AI system in order to generate art. And he actually made a lawsuit because he wanted to copyright the art that was written. And they wouldn't let him do it because it was no human hand in the authorship. And like literally this past August, they had a summary judgment saying, nope, it has to have human interaction. And he's going to appeal because he started by saying, nope, it's not human at all. This was purely done by machine. He, When they started to go against him, he backtracked and tried to rewrite and said, no, 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 no. I was the one who put in the prompts, but he had already sort of Positioned it because he was trying to make a statement about what is the definition of authorship. So, did, did have you? Did, did, yeah, did you? I, I, I'm a layman. Does that ring a bell? What is the legality?
1: The Copyright Office says if a human is involved, it doesn't matter if they use a tool, right? So that's the official position of the Copyright Office. But U.S. law is based on case law. So, you know, to Craig's point, we'll see how it shakes out. Now, you cannot that the. the the machine, uh, machine learning and a large language model does not operate in a vacuum. It doesn't just say, I think I'll make something today. You have to put in prompts. You have to ask it like, okay, from the point of view of a neuroscientist, tell me about a dramatic moment that happened in their workplace, right? You, you, you put in prompts, you shape it um, and compute and the computer doesn't just automatically know what to do, right? We train the large language models. We put the content in and then we see what happens. And there are built-in guardrails in the system. And I think if we have more transparency around that, that would be super helpful for the creative community. Um, but there are definitely guardrails in place in terms of what the out could, output could be like. I'm sure you've all heard about hallucinations in AI, right? When the, when the machine goes out of distribution, meaning it, it has, it's been trained on certain things and then it tries to answer a question that's outside of its training. So instead of saying like, I don't really know, like Siri might at some time, I don't get the question. It will try to guess. It will try to make something up. Um, That's in the programming. Somebody can prevent that. You can prevent hallucinations. Um, But we've seen that happen in the law where a lawyer said, give me some cases about when an airline did this. And it gave some cases. They were hallucinations. That person presented them to the court and the court was like, i mm, like to actually see the opinions from these cases. And that was quite embarrassing. Um, but AI can lie. AI can hallucinate. It
2: bullshits. Yeah, yeah. it
1: bullshits, definitely bullshits. Yeah. But that's up to yeah. whoever trained the model. And I think what I would advocate for is more transparency in how did you train this model? What are the parameters? How do I know if it goes out of distribution? And really dig into the tech around that, like, how does it work?
2: Well, I mean, okay. So I'm going to call that you win, Rose. You win the AI fucking blood support <laughs> Sorry, it was a lot right? of words,
1: but I'm pretty excited no, no. about it.
2: No, in, in good it words. It was Thunder it's just, Dome. Uh, uh, here, here's, here's a Here's a – I'm going to throw a different fucking, you know, Molotov at the group. Should there be a Film Writers Guild and a TV Writers Guild?
1: 100%. Oh, yeah.
2: Thank you. Wow. Anyone else? Anyone else? I kind of love it.
0: You know what? I I, I – I, i'll be honest with you i, th- I, I think i can let, let the writers decide
2: all right well as a predominantly film writer yes please right away
0: because the, because the, like you know craig and our producers like craig should there be like you know i've been working on the commercial contract all year um should there be a commercial con a commercials producers guild and a television and film producer you know it, it, it's. I, um, I, I,
3: think, it's I think no, because I don't think that there's so much disparity between the objectives that both sides that you just described would have. But the TV and features, they are very far apart in terms of what their needs are, what the expectations are, what the sort of timelines for both execution and delivery. They're wildly different. And they don't cross-pollinate to the degree that I think they help each other by being beholden, more specifically to television, because there's a larger constituency that makes more money. It's a bigger behemoth. I think separating them would oddly, it's either going to empower features to actually give them the weight they need to get back to the place where they're not stuck with one-step deals, which destroys the entire sort of R&D process and learning process for writers to learn how to do this stuff in the system. Yeah. But it may also kill the feature film business entirely, to be honest
0: with you, because they don't have the leverage of television. Yeah. I, I mean, that, the, that, that was my fear. I mean, most, you know, a lot of writers go back and forth, as you know, and um, if one set of rules is wildly more favorable than the other set of rules, it, 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 you know the feature feature side, for example, could definitely just get whacked uh, even harder than it's getting whacked with the uh, theatrical experience right now.
3: Yeah, and it, and, it, and it got it got it got hamstrung in two thousand eight, just yeah. getting down to those one
2: step deals. Yes. This, every,
3: I had an entire middle class of writer friends of mine who left the business in four years. They're all done, all gone, just left.
2: couldn't couldn't make a living. Absolutely. It was a culling.
1: And how and how would you define television versus feature the length of the the length of the output? So a feature film is a 90-120 minutes. Distribution,
2: minute thing? yeah. I mean, it's I'm not talking about a film on TV. I'm saying a longer form versus a, a shorter form, let's say. I mean, I know it's gray area, certain episodes.
3: I'm thinking more platform and distribution rather than um, I mean, there is the idea cuz you could have a limited run series that's close-ended. that's just like a, that's an eight
2: eight hour movie, but well, yeah, but Craig, or you could have a made for TV movie. I mean, where, Mm -hmm. where does it end? Like if I make a movie for Netflix, I can't get an Oscar. Right. Unless I do Mm -hmm. this little fucking song and dance where I put it in X theaters and Y in New York and LA. Yeah. All that bullshit. Right. That tap dance. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, I'm glad the strike is over, but there was a lot of dissension in the ranks, at least between predominant film writers and predominant TV writers. They, A lot of the film guys are like, why am I waiting? I, I, I Can I get back to my work? I don't care about how big a room is. I, I just, please, God, can I do what I do? So I get that you want the biggest tent possible to create, you know, the collective of the collective bargaining. But... I don't know. I don't know if if it it was a lot more clearly stratified in the olden days. Now, who knows what is what, Craig? I mean, you're saying end distribution. I don't know. If Rose, if you were in
3: charge, and you should be, what what do you (laughs) think would be the most likely uh, uh, or the most beneficial scenario for that question?
1: For TV versus film?
3: Just yeah, just splitting them up. That's all. I
1: like lo- I like the idea because I definitely think the output is drastically different. The business structure around making those things is very different. I think the terminology is a little confusing to me right now because what is TV? I've been over the top since two thousand and nine. Um, I don't think that television exists. That's why I think you know. And meanwhile, I put in many times representing a uh, programming services, right? Cable programming services, but on the other hand. I think maybe it's the output. I think it's the the thing that you make. Did you make a one long continuous thing? Or did you make a series of chunks? And then what's a limited series? I think it's an interesting issue, right? Because I, I think broadcast television is over. Um, and I don't know where a streamer would fit in, right? If I'm showing both- You
2: heard it here see, first. Right?
1: I don't know. I, I've been saying it for a long time, but they're not listening. Um, <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. But I do think- it could be more specific around the, the thing that you're making. But I think the business model has to drastically change, right? I think that's what we learned as a result of the strikes. These old business models where you get residuals that work like X, Y, and Z, thats that doesn't work. So I don't have a great answer. But if someone paid me a lot of money, I would make one.
2: <laughs> you give me a lot of money, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in the writer's? Evan, you were invited to the writer's guild, but you're not in the writer's guild, right?
0: I'm not in the writer's guild, yeah, yeah. But i I, I have a credit
2: two things that come up from that. One is, and then what? I understand. But then what? Because I I went through, you know, I'll bring my bank statements and between 07 and 2010, that wasn't fun. Uh, You know, I almost lost my fucking house. You want to talk about middle class writers, I almost lost my house. So I know that pain firsthand. And the thing is, is that you know, fucking residuals deliver me from evil every, you know, couple years, man, you you got ups, you got downs, you get that mailbox money. All of a sudden you're like, thank praise uh, Jesus or whoever was running the guild that year or whatever. So, um, I don't, I, I don't dispute what you're saying. That's an old model. I just don't know what is the new model and nothing is not a model. Right, and what we have is nothing. Right, we're operating that Netflix, which is currently eating everyone's lunch, is a webisode producer, and that's just not the fucking case. You know, like we're they they're, they're you're spending they're twenty million an
3: episode. That's not a webisode.
2: Well, do you know what I mean? And like you know, it's the same. It's the same goddamn thing with the, with with Google at all. There, you know, they went to the feds in the nineties and they were, hey, you know, we're just a little business, don't tax us. And now it's like, where's the fucking taxes? You know. So I understand that, that, that there's this cycle of business of like, hey, we're a burgeoning industry, especially with all this technology that we have now. Hey, we're a burgeoning industry. Allow us to grow till when? Till you have enough money to lobby to never, ever get taxed for the rest of the fucking time and space, you know, or, you know, we were talking about Disney, you know, Disney just squeezes the right balls and Mickey Mouse will never get out of the fucking privacy, you know, the public domain, et cetera. The word
3: you're looking for is something Rose said earlier, which is transparency. Yeah. the the institutions refuse to allow us to see how the sausage is being accounted for because the moment they do that there's a metric by the which you can get the, the
2: stock market well, but there's fluctuates, an under, yeah. no
3: but there's an understanding of how you can calculate what would be the residual structure that was born out of the strike in the 60s there's without yes. that metric there is no way to create a similar Remuneration structure, and that's why they are so doggedly not going to, or trying not to. We'll see what happens with the language that comes from this. Yeah, part. I
0: mean, I mean, but 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 I th- I I think you're correct, Craig But I would also say that, uh, like from what we've all ha- heard and read, it sounds like the, the the door is starting to kind of open a little bit because whatever the residual structure is has to be has to be based on some sort of fact and have some sort of accountability. With well, a third imagine- party, I,
2: that's the issue.
3: Is well, what is a well, Nielsen, based,
0: right? I, 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 I I cannot imagine there is not some sort of audit rights,
3: dude. I am in the in, middle of an audit deal. right now. I won't see anything for five years because of the but, slow but Yes, roll.
0: but but no, but but you but, but you had you have audit rights, even though your audit might yeah, suck no, for you. which I am sorry. No, no, I, I've audited <laughs> and American you have to pay for the
2: audit. One. That's the best. Yeah, not, it's, at least you have
3: the rights. It's fifty thousand on audit. We've audited the first American Pie three times, and every time oh, they come in and the audit people oh, say you are owed this. And we go to Universal, and they say, "Awesome, here's the settlement, or we'll drag it out another ten years." And you just take the settlement.
2: Yeah, they just to your face,
0: Craig. (laughs) Offline, well, we 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 got to compare lawyer stories. I'll tell you that (laughs) Captain Peavey and Lionsgate because that'd be a similar story. (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no.
3: This is this is this is a
0: podcast, (laughs) not a deposition. Very different. Yeah, I was uh, the only person that would like to hear this is Rose. (laughs) <laughs> you no, know, it's because Rose would probably dig it, but she's an attorney, right? She'll be and, writing that. Oh, okay. My, my my bigger point is that if the fact that a metric is exists theoretically in 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 this deal means that uh, transparency is hopefully coming. That's I choose to believe, uh, like Ted Lasso said, and as did the X Files. Mm.
2: It's just funny that take away all these modern terminologies, AI, whatever, streaming, OTT, uh, yeah, you know me. It's still Hollywood accounting, which is about around since Irving Thalberg. I mean, they're yeah. rats and they always what? were rats. And how are we going to unratify them, you know?
1: It can be done. I think that's no, the issue. Oh, Rose is going
0: to defend it. Oh, Rose is going to defend them. Let no, me no, no. no. I think no, she's not look, we've them. all been, we've all been, oh,
1: okay. we've all learned there is no net, right? And uh, <laughs> and I think we're in a, such a great time in technology. Yeah. We can actually crack this using blockchain technology and smart contracts, right? There is a way that Netflix does not oh. have to give up their metrics, but the blockchain and smart contracts could check their math. And automatically send out payments. Like there is a technological solution to this problem. It's not an easy one, and they don't want it. No one wants it. Uh, and it's not easy. To, it's not that easy to build because you have to get people on board and have transparency and have trust. Uh, but I think we're right at that cusp where we can get um, we can get true accountability, and I'm excited about that. I don't think there's this. Uh, there is and, no net. And automate the lawyers.
2: You guys have had. Oh, there's there's yeah. The law has yeah. been. AI has been nipping at the heels of the law for a long didn't, time. Didn't
3: didn't it, didn't, the, didn't someone program uh, some AI system to take the bar and it got like bottom 10% and then five months later, it took it again and got top 10%.
1: It was like, yeah. <laughs> well, it's like any test. You can learn. You can do better. That's amazing. I mean, everybody takes a, a prep course, right? For SAT or, or the bar.
0: It's called, it is called machine learning for a reason.
2: And that's true. Very true. All right. So, uh, look, I I said to you guys before, you know, separately, we don't have to just machinate over the strike the whole time. We can talk about anything in the business, you know, past, current or future, you know, issues. Um, It doesn't have to be about that.
3: Okay. I'm going to ask you a question. Why do you think Toronto Film Festival barely sold anything? Why do you think they only sold a couple of big titles, and that all of the sort of, like even Ian McKellen's the critic, like didn't sell? Like, like what? What? Why was the market so soft? And yeah. is it a reaction to them needing to have big, bigger or star-driven movies that have a commercial underpinning? Otherwise, it's not worth just filling and clotting up the system because they're not getting any
0: more subscribers with volume. They have to get quality at a certain point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a good question. It's funny. I was thinking the same thing. You know, a little bit also about not so much about Venice, but when Venice is coming around, I would, I mean, I, a part of me is wondering, you know, are all the streamers and the studios seeing these films ahead of time? You know, where before, like when I saw Captain Fever in Toronto, nobody saw the movie, nobody wanted to see it. And they then they to come saw to it the and the went, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, and there's, holy shit, this is actually pretty good. Right. Now, if you make a movie and it's got, you know, it's uh, the, the the pre-screening culture that I, that, that I think the agencies, the talent agencies, which represent the majority of these films, um, is pervasive. And, you know, they know going in, okay, we're going to buy X, Y, and Z. I think that's part of it. But I do agree with you. I, I mean, I think we are in an economic uh, slump, let's call it, um, across the board, particularly in Los Angeles or in California, because, uh, partially due to, to the writer's strike and other factors. Um, and I, I, I think everyone's afraid to, to, to buy stuff when they don't know what that stuff might cost them on the back end, is there going to be something in the mm-hmm. writers' deal in in SAG that if they buy a title at Toronto that they're going to they're going to get, they're going to get a, uh, you know a strike tax? <laughs> Their PLs um, are completely off because of what the actual participation is going to be. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, look, and, and by the way, I mean, let's face it, Netflix has got a is is got a great deal going for, for when they do negative pickups for films when they're doing actual cost plus plus twenty percent. I mean, if, if, if that was what I told my investors when we raised the money for cabin fever a gazillion years ago, you know, they would have said, you know, go punch dirt, you know, or is that a term? No. Um, um go punch yourself. You go. Is the one you were thinking of, I think. <laughs> go punch some dirt in, in, in yourself.
2: Insert soil. Um no but uh I mean Craig you you know I would I would argue American Pie had similar percentage you know that was an indie film of its time in a way but I mean in that, terms of the dollars and cents it, it was, just, look it was 10.7 million back in 1998
3: um it wound up being 11.3 because it was so successful in its previews they lit, they opened up the movie the music budget to sort of yeah, accommodate right, what yeah. we put in there but that movie would never get made today because that movie at eleven point three and the wide release that it had would still have at that point a forty million dollar marketing budget. So you're that's underwater right. before you can go to the gate. Now back then there was that weird thing D V D that was really taking the world by storm and like suddenly your North America is a lost leader. You know, you're making so much on the DVDs. Um, they didn't care. They didn't care how much the movie cost because they knew right. no that every Tuesday. Some, a bunch of people the are gonna go star. out. Yeah. yeah, there was no that's the other thing. There's literally nobody in that movie zero and no one recognized he made stars
0: anybody.
3: Yeah. tried to uh, but that movie would never get made today would not get made. could not get made today and that's sad
2: i hear that a lot and it's always the ones that i love the most oh you can't do that today i mean here's what's funny about the writers strike is and no one's ever said that before it okay so it's over now we just got to deal with the fucking nightmare it was before the business i mean that that was a very dramatic way to suck all the oxygen out of the conversation but this business was not 100 percent straight the day before that i mean
0: I, I, I will say i i um i was joking with someone over the weekend about the strike where you know uh, an article dropped that amazon is now going to do an ad supported uh uh um tier and then netflix has got one already in the works no
2: no no it's not a tier your prime now has commercials unless you give us more money lebowski Yep, yeah, absolutely. It's not a tier. So my, it's my, the my, default.
0: My, my my joke was the disruptors basically move from AM to FM. Like that's the big disruption. Like it's be, you know it's better, but it's this it's the same. And they got football. Like I don't like what it's the
2: same. And then you have four streamers, and that's your cable bill. They just it was just a big circle my,
0: my teenage daughter who's watching season 87 of you know like outer banks or whatever it is and she'll have to start watching ads do you think she cares it you know like what the cw was because let's face it it's going to be a was
2: what what is it to be and uh freebie uh what do what we ca- not ott but uh i don't know man Freemium. it's like
0: a disease you get in uh, the tropics
3: Hold on. R- Rose, you travel in this world a lot. Hold on. Rose, you travel clearly more than we do. What? Tell us a little bit about what you are seeing and prognosticating as to where things are going with the death of linear TV and with this weird re- rebundling problem that Evan's talking about. Like, what what are you noticing in your day-to-day?
1: I have to tell you, it's, it's an interesting time and we don't really know because we don't have transparency, right? But when we, I think the real problem is these companies are publicly held, right? So Netflix being publicly held and publicly traded, they're responding to their shareholders. Shareholders do not want to know that you spent $40 million on a film that got 16 views. They don't understand, it's still a hit-driven content business. Sorry, uh, we just, they're doing so much volume. Um so I don't have a great answer to that in terms of how they're going to pivot. I'm very disappointed as a consumer to have to see ads, right? Like this is not why I'm paying you. Um, so it, it's a difficult. Well, anundrum. I'm
2: sorry. Sorry to break in free ad supported streaming TV fast. fast. Uh-huh. That's what these are called. Yeah. And when you look at the. Uh, macro subscriber rates. Yep. Every, all the ones we know were peaking around COVID. I mean, just millions of people subscribing. Yep. And now it's all just kind of tumbled down and the biggest growth in all streaming by far is these fast, free, ad-driven, you know, what, remember Crackle?
1: Yeah, they're essentially I, I mean, driving no, they're people still
2: breathing, but they, they were doing it way back.
1: As Evan said, it's TV yeah. again. When it's, people
2: are like, Sony was smart. They they stayed out of the streaming wars. I'm like, no, they it's don't. They started it.
0: It's, it's TV. TV. Uh, 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 yeah. It's AM FM. Right. It's <laughs> the difference. I don't know. One has better fidelity, <laughs> you know? apparently. And one has like uh, talk radio. Yeah, even you XM had
1: commercials, right? Like, wait, uh, I'm what? paying God. you. God. Yeah. And now someone else is yeah. also paying you? Yeah. that's I, I'm, not, I'm not sure I'm cool with but that. But it's
2: the crack model, right? You don't want to use that drug. Use my drug. Oh, by the way, we're putting the prices up once we get I, you. Well,
0: I, well I, I will say I think it proves that uh, ads work. Meaning, yeah. advertising is a great is a great way for large media companies to generate a revenue into their into their companies. It's a great way to keep the upfronts going. Which is, let's face it, which is what everybody would really That's love. Because the old business you can, model. You, 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 no, but the old business model, if you can replicate it, because it was a smart way to predict your future earnings, because yes. you sell out all of your ad space, most of it, in three to five days. And then you know what your budgets are all year. That sounds like a good problem to have. Is it still <laughs> going to be that way? I don't know.
3: Uh, you, but, you know, but Evan, uh, you, you bring up something. We, uh, they, unfortunately, COVID trained people to expect content for a monthly fee, not for ads. So we we trained our uh, uh, audience. hold on we trained our audience in the wrong way. And now but it's I, coming
2: back around. It, yeah. It's
3: coming back, but we have to retrain the audience. And what the only way you're gonna retrain them is the quality of the content to be so valuable that you want to wait to the commercials. That's the Seesaw. But I wanted to go to something you said earlier, Rose, that really sort of started. It was a combination of you and Alex. I think that with all the conglomerations buying all the media companies, suddenly we're not operating on a two-, three-, four-year basis. We're not looking at it as a community of people that have to work together and support each other. It's a shareholder-driven quarter-by-quarter decision process. And with that in mind, nothing is going to get made or no decisions will be made in any sort of smart way because if I'm an executive, I have a two-plus-one. Like I don't give a shit what happens three years from now because I may not even be employed. So talk to me about what you well, as a business they define affairs two person, plus
2: one. That's a contract, uh, right?
3: guaranteed 2 years unless they're fired. And then they have an optional 3rd year. But like as an attorney, like what are you seeing amongst your own constituency with that as a guiding principle for a lot of these executives and what they want out of this?
1: I think you know, we see that all the time, right? I just talked to somebody who was you know, decades at Paramount and I said, "What about your work there?" And they were like, "Well, I didn't really know what's going to end, you know, regime change, uh, they kicked us all out." And uh, suddenly that today's your last day. So I think the trouble with that is you don't see people investing in community, right? You don't see people investing the same way that used to, used to have passionate executives who would go to the mat for like, you must buy this film or I'm going to quit. Like they would be like, great, so quit. We don't care. So you're not seeing, and you, we saw that in the record business first, right? With the consolidation, there's only three majors. And then you, the A&R people no longer would say like, if you don't sign this person, I'm going to quit. Uh, and we don't see that in film either anymore. We don't see people. Uh,
3: if you don't sign this person, I'll find another. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll just do something. But
1: I think what's really going
2: Or even the, the, even the reverse is Evan and Craig, I'm a studio exec. You've always saved me in the past. I've got this thing. You know, come and hook make me it. up. You're my guy. Like there's just,
1: yeah, yeah. It's just
2: not, it's gone.
1: It's a little No, long, they don't long. want to pay us. Yeah, exactly. They could. They they don't want to yeah,
3: pay you're invited though. to the dance, but you're not allowed shoes. And it's they shoot horses, don't they? So come on down and have fun.
2: Craig Perry describing the future of media through a 1972 film. Keep going.
1: <laughs> well, I think, but it, that's it, right? Like, innovation doesn't come from inside.
2: No. Well,
3: innovation has to prove itself valuable before it gets absorbed, like the Borg and Star Trek, into the larger entity.
1: <laughs> you will be assimilated.
2: It's just how, it's funny how like this, uh, all these conversations about our business turn into macroeconomic conversations, right? No institution, once it has any sort of primacy, is ever going to leave without some sort of exterior threat, you know? The best movie in the 70s, everyone's always crying about, oh, the the 70s. The 70s were because the studios were eating fucking sand, man. They had nothing else going on. They were desperate and suicidal. And they're like, maybe these fucking kids know some shit and got lucky. You know, they were panicked.
3: That plus regional releases, which kept marketing costs down.
1: We could move marketing costs down. We can. I agree.
3: Absolutely. But there's a fear of if you, if it, if it, if it, if it doesn't play well, it's like a little joke. A movie is like a parachute. If it doesn't open, you die.
2: Right. If you innovate marketing and it doesn't work.
1: Yeah, yeah for sure.
3: It's, <laughs> it's your <my> fault. fault. <laughs> yeah. We, we, we could make
1: it work. There's a, there was just an article about, yeah. I think the title was something like a, uh, is TikTok going to kill TV or eat TV. Right. And finally the TV <laughs> studios are I waking it. up. I haven't read it. Yeah. They're waking up to like, oh, there's something else going on here, right? Like there, we and I had a big discussion with it about AI people this week in terms of, oh, well, someone used a clip of Marilyn Monroe from like Asphalt Jungle. And well, guess what? No person who is under 40 is going to sit down and watch a 90 minute black and white film. It will never, never happen. So I think what we're going to see next in TV and film is the response to the changing audience, right? That youth. Right now, 50% of the population are millennials and below, right? And they're going to drive what happens next, and they don't want long stuff, and they don't want to wait, and they don't want ads. So I think we're going to have to figure out how to create stuff they want, or they'll just come and take all our jobs, and they can do it.
2: Um, And I wanted to say one other thing about uh, what Craig said is training the audience to be inured of ads, or used to ads, or sick of ads, or whatever, you know, I did some work for YouTube and I got to ask some real pointed questions to Google executives and YouTube people and say, just tell me why these things are the way they are. YouTube is a sort of like vestigial limb to Google. Like you, I think we all perceive it as a media entity unto itself as big as a whatever. It's really just sort of like a bastard stepchild that they bought at some time in the past. Google is an, Ad company. Facebook is an ad company. So don't tell me that they're not training kids to look at ads. I mean, Instagram now is is ads. It's all ads. You flip every third post is an ad, right? Google ads. So pre roll ads. Like they're out there and they're pervasive. And figuring out how do we put that money siphon into our pockets. I mean, we'll figure it out. You know, it's hey, like. Yeah, I mean, GM still needs to sell fucking Camaros, <laughs> no, right? No, I
0: mean it. I mean it. I mean, I, I'd say I'd save the world, you know, for the past, you know, 100 years. You're welcome. Well, it's just um, a
2: thing. And it's that they, they these tech companies stole it away from, say, newspapers, you know, all these other like well, no, no, places.
0: No. I, 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 I feel like, you know. Like again in the macron is my my opinion is that you know like we talk about the 70s versus today i mean it's it, the, the difference is really you know six zeros at the end of like a quarterly p l statement you know that's really what what it is and then you know like like in the, like in the last the last week or even this morning and yesterday i was looking at the stock prices of the traditional uh, like, Disney and Warner's and, uh, uh, um, and Our traditional versus, content versus, yeah, yeah, versus Netflix, yeah. Amazon, and Apple. Apple's not so much. They said the, the fifteen plus or the fifteen phone release, but the, the the Netflix and the Amazon stock price had gone up since the strike was announced, and the traditional studio stock price had gone down. Went down, and not not significantly crazy, but enough so that Wall Street went, huh. What's going Who's going to survive
2: this? Yeah, <laughs> you know,
0: um, and and let's face it, that's uh, the stock price. In a lot of ways, is one of the, is one of the really only true metrics that we have visibility into, and it's pretty good predictor of what might come. So,
2: all right, now this is the John McLaughlin. Will Apple buy Paramount? Go. I mean, is, are we going to see that? <laughs> Further to what Evan just said, people always like kind of infer like any moment Apple's just going to buy Disney or, you know what I mean? These deep pocketed people who are kind of tiptoeing like an Amazon and an Apple, are they going to buy a flagging media brand or did the E1 Lionsgate? fucking folder I'll just make them think I don't need to get involved with this shit like, I,
0: I, 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 I think that they could I mean I'm waiting for Regal or AMC to get bought by Netflix there you go. You know, like, because because let's face it, you know, like, if they do that, now they could satisfy the Scorsese's and the Nolans and the Ritu's. But it's also a full redo. Yeah, yes. And it's
2: a it's a full redo of the anti-trust laws of the 20th century, right? I, 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 paramount I decree
0: it, Potentially. And I'm sure Rose could, could, could comment on that better than all of us can. But does it make sense to them to do it? maybe does Tim Cook and his team need to buy another studio to prove how good they are? I don't think so. Um, that's just my opinion.
1: I, I have to tell you guys, I was just talking about it this week that in the nineties, we had something called the FinCEN regulations, right? Financial syndication exactly. regulations. If you made content, you did not own the pipes. And I think when that was destroyed in the nineties, it it really set the stage for what's happening now. If, the, if you own the whole vertical, then you know, you could do whatever you like. And there's no checks and balances. It's an antitrust pro- problem, as you said, Evan. Well,
3: once you silo everything, that's the then the residual model falls apart because it's all contained in its own ecosystem. It's behind it's You sell the it to yourself. Wall. And that's yeah. where we
2: are now. Yeah. But I would even argue that affected the political landscape, right? Because uh, on the backs of all those sort of media changes in the late 80s through the 90s and the pro-business sort of movements in media, it changed our world. So let's not forget, this is a little fucking tempest in a teacup i'm sure the rest of the world's like oh the goddamn wga bitching about their residuals but these decisions have massive implications later media matters you know the i wanted to bring up rupert murdoch's uh retirement as a as a moment in our in the in our business
0: didn't you see the documentary on hbo called succession i mean we all know how it ends
2: (laughs) truth i actually i haven't seen i tried to watch the pilot three times i give up
0: Skip it. Go, go to season two. You'll be good. Um, <laughs>
1: well, it's tough because none of the characters are likable.
2: That's what it is. Bad hate people behaving badly. Next.
0: Rose, I'm going to say, I'm going to go on a limb here and probably say that the, that the Murdoch family is, is, is probably eerily similar in, in the non <laughs> department. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, you know, I, I did do a little bit of reading about about uh, r- what what is known of, of Mr. Murdoch's uh, will with regards to after he passes that all of his kids get equal shares and then it's full-on, you know, Thunderdome succession. I'm no, just no, 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 no,
2: of- that was the old one. The new will is that they're going to be buried with him along with a million fucking, you know, uh, terracotta gold bars, soldiers. yeah. yeah.
0: Gold, gold bars of goats. So, I, I mean, look, I I, I – I I think that honestly I think I think uh, Fox News and its current incantation will cease to exist after Rupert Murdoch passed away. I think, I think you're his right. kids are going to get together and be like, okay, oh, yeah, we survived that. Let's at least let's go do this. God, well, there's so. one more. Was one more lawsuit coming that could be financially crippling? Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, yeah, thank you for bringing that up. true too, which is the truth. So.
2: Well, and along those lines, I I, I I love 20th Century Fox. I've you know wrote for them. I've done stuff for them. The fact that they're this weird little offshoot of Disney now, and you don't quite know. And they,
3: and, and they feed Hulu <laughs> like it like they're at the zoo, and they just yeah, hey, let's give our product to Hulu. It's delicious. It's
2: just yeah, it bums me out. I mean, I'm glad they're doing like theatrical with uh, with the Hercule Poirot movies. I mean, now those feel like movie oh, movie dude. movies. I haven't. Se-
3: I could eat a can of film and shit a better movie. God, that was. <laughs>
1: And I'd pay to see that.
3: Wow! Uh, I did too. Yes. I made it a date <laughs> um, night.
2: My wife almost divorced me. Shots fired. You know, it's funny <laughs> though I'm because I, I, I feel like everybody was shitting on Branna's uh, Oscar film, and they were loving these. So you're saying you, you're not a fan of the of the the. The, 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 the most recent, product. especially
3: someone who like traverses in the horror community. It's not yeah. a horror movie. It's some guy. It's like a Xerox of a horror script from the 40s that is barely legible now after 35,000 copies. It's just <laughs> echoes of mediocrity and hammer. Phones.
2: All right. I haven't seen it. I have no comment.
3: Uh, they shouldn't have let Eli Roth do it. It might have been good. They should have let Ray Charles do it. It would have been better than. Oh.
0: <laughs> Wow! All right. Yeah. Hey, the soundtrack. Yeah. All right, yeah. guys. Alex I, <laughs> Alex, I would say I, I I think one I think one thing that I'd be very curious about Craig and Rose's thoughts on uh, that was a big hot topic, and the and the writers start to come back to it a little bit was it was writer room was writers rooms sizes sizes and decision making and decision making around that because as a you know as a producer I you know like I'll just jump in as a as a producer I feel like whoever is the lead writer. Or the showrunner for example should be making those choices as opposed to a as supposed to a union because I've had I've had the experience with certain union with certain unions who then uh, dictate how many uh, personnel and or, or need to be in each apartment drivers and I have, <laughs> had, I have I have paid people to stand around and watch meters <laughs> and do a lot of – do. like anytime I'm paying somebody to put, who pulls out a lawn chair and sits down on the concrete with their beautiful lawn chair to, and read the newspaper for 12 hours and they, they make $782 a day, I start to go, I don't know, is it worth it? So uh, I'm very curious as to our panelists' thoughts on that. <sighs>
2: Well, that's kind of the main reason that I brought up that that, that we should bifurcate film and TV representation for or, uh, unions for writers because of that very thing. I don't believe in that. I don't think that that is a good thing. I respect that we're trying to get people jobs, but mandating a, a room size is exactly equivalent to a no-show job on the docks of Baltimore. It's not good. Anyone
1: else? What do you think, Rose? I think it's. I mean, it's a tough call, right? Like I've been on productions, obviously, where they, we're filming in the middle of nowhere, and they're like, "You got to have another DGA member in order to blah blah blah," and we're like, "There's just nobody who is here in the middle of nowhere," yeah. and you and know, so we've no had money, problems with union requirements. No, yeah. But I, but I believe, obviously, in an organized labor. I think we need unions to protect us, especially people in the creative industries. Um, but I do think who's in the writer's room and how long the writer's room is open is a creative issue. And I don't think that should be, I think should, minimums make sense, right? At some, on some level, but they, if they're tied to budgets. But I think if the showrunner could, could have the ability to say what's happening in the writer's room, I think you'd have a better quality product. But is that, an, is that, is that something people want?
0: Yeah, I know. I, 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 yeah, it's fair.
3: I think showrunners should be the final arbiter of size, but I do think, to your point, minimums just because you need to have a certain amount of people. Uh, this goes to my earlier comment about just the um, investment in what is ostensibly R&D for this business and the sort of farm team baseball players that will suddenly make the major leagues. I want these young writers to have a chance to be in a writer's room to learn how it works and to maybe be on set. I was talking to one friend of mine is a showrunner. He had to hire two people for a show he did who had never been on set and they were getting like a shit ton of money. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing because they never had the experience because there's no guarantee that they had to have the opportunity to experience And the
2: networks this. won't pay for the travel to get there. The people that do go to set tend to go on their own dime now. I mean, it's but- And and that's the
3: thing. This is where the industry going, the quarter by quarter, they're short-sighted. They're looking at a way to maximize their quarterly values and not the overall health five, 10, 15 years from now. That to me is the real question is, are you going to create a business that just by dint of marginalizing and making sure that your margins are tighter and tighter and tighter, suddenly you're not going to have a business anymore because you're not allowing anybody to understand how to fail. There should be guaranteed two, uh, two steps and a polish for any screenwriter who sells something. You have to have a chance to do a rewrite. You have to. That's
2: a lot different than a minimum room. That is a gotta have. Development. Must be development We wouldn't have all of
3: these wonderful drugs if they didn't spend billions in R and D. But there all of the go. corporations yes. look at development. Yeah. And they're like, "Wait, you spent how much? You spent a million dollars. You got a shitty script. That's an outrage." I'm like, "Dude, it's it's well, alchemy. It's not." Science. No, but
2: it's like the first pill is a billion dollars. The next one is four cents, right? The first, you know that.
3: Yes, but I guess my point is there's an expectation for people who are outside the business that when you put money in, you must get something out of it. It's a bit more scattered than that. There's so many factors that go into making something even feasible, no less good. (laughs) I mean, Evan, how many times you developed a script and you spent all this time and energy, but there's just that magical, special, something. It's not popping off the page.
0: Most of the time. It's like a 10 to one. Yeah. I used to, I used like, I used to say, you got to develop 10 scripts to get one that's worth shooting. And you got to put your heart and soul to all 10. Mm -hmm. And then, that's 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 the gamble you 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 make. And then
2: drown them in the river when they don't come to, yeah.
3: But it's incredibly hard for a studio looking at their finances to say, "Oh, how much do we have for development this year?" Wait a second. Uh that's why they're they're not buying as much. They're not sort of they they, can, they don't keep trying. And to your point, Rose earlier, there are no buccaneers saying "fuck it." I love this. We've got to get it done. I want this thing to happen because I believe.
2: Well, it. I mean, look, no, I think there's still people that make interesting decisions. It's not like everything sucks now. But the problem sure. is there's no internal development so that the two sides can make something they can both, you know, maximize either for quality or profit or whatever. All the good things, right? It's just. You know Craig and Evan and me to a lesser extent. You have to walk in with a complete house with the goddamn wainscoting <laughs> on it. Now it's not a fucking yeah. blueprint. No, like nobody's linking arms to work together to no, bring something no. to life. and the you old have to job sell of a producer. It.
3: <laughs> the old job of a producer to convince everybody that you share this common thematic Here's objective. That they're all yeah. we're all in the same. We're all rowing in the right direction. That all has to happen before you go to the studio. You walk in now, and you have If to, you have the studio there as the Power leverage to get other people to create create generation a gravitational pull, so I could get all the elements because there's already a due north in that studio that's interested. So much easier. But now they're just like, oh, you go do that. Which is why I've never been a studio executive. Seventy percent of my day working to save my job, as opposed to actually do my job. I'd rather (laughs) kill myself. Can't do it. (laughs) All right. Any last words? The Death Star has cleared the planet.
1: I I actually have one more callback, (laughs) if that makes sense. Please.
2: Yeah, please.
1: <laughs> Alex, laughing.
2: No, I'm laughing because that's a that that's a, his joke. The Death Star clears the yes, planet. Yes, that yes. is a great joke about development. They yes, made a film that that was not a story. Yes, yes. And yes. they made it in editing. Yes. Anyway, go. Yes,
1: yes. I do have a doctorate, and I can follow basic premises based on media <laughs> references. Yes, why it was uh, funny. <laughs> that's why it's funny. <laughs> See, it's funny because it's obvious. Now, well, so I want to do a callback to something Evan said earlier because he he said, well, you know, soon AI will also replace the lawyers. Which I say, yes, please. Uh, a lot of <laughs> the, a, a lot, no, seriously, a lot of the work that we do is drudgery, like like many professions, right? There's a lot of work that's drudgery, but like writing, there's a certain point. There's a certain part of my job that's alchemy and magic and innovation, and, and that's the piece. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the piece the machines cannot take, right? So please take my drudgery, I beg you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is true for writers and the use of AI in in any creative in any other creative industry, I should say. Like there there is drudgery, and there there, there can be first drafts, but then you bring somebody in to do the polish who really understands humans. That it'll be a long time before machine learning can produce uh, the innovation and the irreverence and just the unexpected charm that a human can produce. And I think that creativity, we can't echo.
3: Human beings are f- are challenging and difficult. And if an AI is going to regurgitate what it's seen decisions be made before, it'll be a decision you expect. Humans do stupid yes. things all the time. That's what makes drama interesting right. because of Illogical. all of that character coming and doing something that is contradictory to their best interest, that's gripping. You're like, no, don't do that. Yeah. The what right. if goes for law. You look at all your cases, but you say, well, what if we did this? Same for our, our side development. Human beings provide the what if. And that's yeah. all we that's that's what we will do, and that's the thing the thing that will
1: save us. Well said. I
0: I I, 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 I will just just to, to give the cynical viewpoint in the classical sense, give you what I think is potentially the opposite viewpoint. Not that I agree with this viewpoint, but this is just the opposite viewpoint. <laughs> Somewhere in a studio at Netflix, at Apple, there are twelve people that all went to Harvard and MIT and they're going to try to figure out how to have the machines do it as opposed to the humans do it. And let's see, because something is going to pop and it's then going to be re- re- revealed later that AI did it and we're going to go, holy crap. And it's going to be the next squid game.
3: Look, There, all, there are already YouTube influencers who are fully AI generated. There's like six of them, and they uh, you ask your kids. And happened for are. a decade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's not yeah, new. little
1: Michaela is completely made exactly.
3: up. Exactly. That the, 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 I guess uh, I would I would argue to, to contradict that is the thing that will happen is it will be a hit. It'll be AI, and people will start to question what it is. That I still maintain I don't think it'll be a hit because of its commenting on the human condition. It'll be a hit because it has spectacle, bright colors, and violence. That's what's going to make it a hit, not what's going to make it something elevated sure. and beyond. It's going to be the base prodding of the cat to elicit a response. But it'll be a
2: hit. I think that the in 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 both our cases, the law, storytelling, you know, humanity at large, and the you know, if if you take the postulate that people suck, then their machines are going to suck, right? And the law is sort of premised on the notion of we need to find some sort of. Uh, lowest common denominator that we can all live with. Right. You know, like they're, they're even like researching like traffic in LA, you know, the traffic <laughs> in LA is entirely about, um, uh, people that ride bumpers, they ride too close. The person hits the brake, they hit the brake, blah 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 traffic jam. Right. It's just bad behavior. So, it, you know, as 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 my man Kubrick once said, any attempt to create social institutions on a false view of the nature of man is probably doomed to failure. So we do need the law to kind of hold the line between you know the 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 most savage among us. And and I think that that's guilds are flawed, but they're the what you know what did Churchill say? Like democracy sucks, but what else you got? Right? I mean the paraphrase. So you know I, I'm not a big pleased paraphrase. with the guild. Quite liberal. Yeah, <laughs> but uh it's it's the best thing we have what's fascinating about our little tempest in a teacup here i mean there's only 12,000 writer skilled members but you know it's on the front page of the world right now is that it seems to have inspired something i mean there goes the UAW there goes the, and i'm not saying we started that i'm saying it's all cumulative people are starting to wake up that We have allowed capitalism way far out of their cage, you know, and in every business, we're all feeling it's a little meaner today. It's a little crueler today, you know, and sure, the WGA is flawed. Why? Because it's made up of people, right? So these machines, whatever they are, large language or fucking robot oppressors, it's our fault <laughs> and and this art that we do is to try to examine like why are we the way we are you know so uh, look it's strange days indeed i don't know what the answer is but this conversation has helped you know kind of put put it in perspective for me so thank you all for for coming today um again this is we have craig perry evan ostrowski rose Meadhart. thank you all does anybody have any social feeds, projects they want to talk about, any, anything we can find you at? I stay
3: away from that like I do social diseases. No, thank
2: you. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening. I'm Alex Collegian. This is how I got greenlit. Thanks for coming to play. Porn, Satan, drugs, therapy… it's not just the list of what I'm up to this weekend.